so if I'm going to start hunting somewhere and I don't have an unlimited source, the, the number one thing I do, no matter where I'm going to go, besides picking where I want to hunt, is I'm going to call a biologist for that area and I'm going to pick their brain. And, and most any biologist I've ever spoke to, I don't know if they're lonely or what, but they will talk for hours and they will give you any kind of information. I mean, they're not going to tell you, hey, hunt this drainage and, and this, you know, right this mountain area and you're going to be successful but they will point you in the right direction i always ask what they're feeding on and you know at certain times of the year they could be feeding on like the dogwood trees they always have these little berries manzanita berries choke cherries uh, one of the ponds that i like to watch the bears are always in there going after bullfrogs bears aren't as hard to hunt as a lot of people think they are they're pretty simple find cover find food find water which i mean i guess you could say that about any animal really most of the time i'm looking for what i call a stomp trail and that is a trail that is used on a pretty consistent basis to where their pad tracks are worn into the dirt so it'll look like it almost looks like somebody's walked in the mud and left a boot tracker and then it's dried but it's still left that indent in the dirt i mean mm -hmm. it's just so traveled and so i will run a camera on it and i've never put a camera on one that didn't produce bears you know deer hunting is best between first light and then most people will kind of take a break during the day and then hunt the evening bears i would say from 10 a.m on it's you have a very good chance of seeing a bear hey guys welcome to days in the wild big game hunting podcast i want to take a minute to introduce you to a new organization called howl for wildlife Howl was grown out of the necessity to have a fast-acting tool to focus the sportsman's voice on issues concerning wildlife management and hunting. It's Howl's goal to shut down any initiative that doesn't support sound management practices before it even makes it to the ballot, and certainly before it reaches the court. I know I sound like a broken record, but we need to start looking at hunting as a community and not just an individual sport. And that means supporting all hunting, whether we engage in duck hunting or predator hunting or anything in between. We are all in this for different reasons. And unfortunately, it's this difference that will be on our undoing if we let it. So we need to come together as one pack and let our diversity be our strength. We are a strong force if we band together, one voice, one howl. I want you to go to howlforwildlife.org, that's H-O-W-L for wildlife.org, and join there. There's no cost to you to becoming a member. Howl operates solely on donations, so it's completely up to you if you decide you want to send money or not. There will be no annoying emails, no newsletter advertisements, or money grabs, or anything like that. No drives. Signing up as a member just means that when there's an issue concerning wildlife management like this attempt on banning mountain lion hunting and bear hunting in Arizona, you will be called to stand with us and let your voice be heard. So get out there, get on Howlful Wildlife, become a member, and join the pack. Thank you. Let's jump into this episode. I'm talking with uh, Seth Watts and Seth, you, uh, you, your uh, Instagram page is what? Black Bear Pursuit, correct? Yep. Black underscore bear underscore pursuit okay seth is a as, as you can tell he's a, a black bear aficionado he likes to uh, <laughs> he likes to chase bears and that's what we got we got him on here to talk about today just give us a quick rundown about yourself and then we'll kind of 
we'll hit it here. All right. Um, well, I've pretty much been hunting my whole life. I grew up hunting with my grandpa and, and my dad and, and my brother and my brother-in-law. And, you know, now I'm hunting with, you know, my nephews and my nieces. And I wouldn't say that we were super serious hunters as I grew up. Um, we never, we never hunted bears ever. In fact, we, I don't even remember talking about it and probably 2012, 2013, I had my first bear experience like encounter. And, uh, from that point on, it just kind of lit a fire and just triggered something inside of me where I just couldn't quit thinking about them. And I needed to know more about them, learn about them, what they're doing, where they live and what they're eating. You know, they're just their movements of year round. And, and I would say 20, 2016 is when I kind of really dove into it and started, you know, I started running cameras and just scouting, I would say at least 10 months out of the year, mm. just, you know, I mean, I don't live, I live in Chico, California, so we're kind of in a valley and then just up the hill from me, you know, within a half hour, you can be in bear country, deer country, nice. I mean, cat country. So it's kind of become an obsession. So 2017, I set some goals to some, I mean, like more serious goals. So I wanted to really get a bear and that didn't happen in 2017. I actually, I actually missed a bear in 2018. It just kind of all fell together. And on our hunting trip that we take, uh, we, we were able to tag out on two bears and, and they were two great bears. So, you know, being successful on a hunt, it just made that next year. I was even more obsessive about it. So, right. Awesome. So I got some questions for you and, um, we'll pick your brain a little bit here. One, one of the things that I get asked of me all the time is, you know, everybody's on a time constraint. Not, not everybody is, um, has the flexibility that uh, sounds like you, you have to, you know, to go out and scout and do whatever. If you don't have any time to scout, really, how do you like to hunt? What's like, what's your preferred method for hunting black bear? Now, obviously, some of that is kind of dictated by living in Cali and not being able to so, use dogs or. So I wouldn't, like <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I have unlimited amounts of time I'm, i would i would consider myself one of those guys that i'm just like at most everybody else i got a you know monday through friday job mm -hmm. i can't just be on the mountain anytime i want and that's kind of part of the reason that i invested and started doing cameras so if i'm going to start hunting somewhere and i don't have an unlimited source though the number one thing i do no matter where i'm going to go the first thing i always do besides picking where i want to hunt is I'm going to call a biologist for that area and I'm going to pick their brain. And, and most any biologist I've ever spoke to, I don't know if they're lonely or what, but they will talk for hours and they will give you, they'll give you any kind of information. I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to tell you, Hey, hunt this drainage and, and this, you know, right. this mountain area and you're going to be successful, but they will point you in the right direction, you know? And the questions I'm always going to ask them is, you know, at what elevation should I in the, in the certain area, you know, 
is best for bears. You know, what are they eating on that? And whether it's springtime or fall time, you know, and stuff like that. And then usually I'll just get on, I do get on like Onyx and, and go hunt and stuff like that and use their mapping systems. And you always got to find, at least with my experiences, you got to find water, you know, bears aren't like, like deer or, you know, antelope or sheep where they're going to go days and days without water. You know, bears are pretty, they got to find ways to regulate their temperature mm-hmm. and, and they need water. They're just, I mean, from the cameras that I've run, I know that the bears are going to water almost daily. So that's kind of how I start. Um, what are some of the other some, questions that you uh, ask the biologist? Uh, mostly it's just, it's, I mean, to find bears, it's all food driven. Certain times of year, you're just going to, and this is just what they told me and, and I've done it and it's, and it's been successful and just, whether I'm finding bears or I'm finding just the bear sign, you know, for as many bears as there are, mm-hmm. there's still the ghosts of the woods. I mean, I can go up in the mountains right now and I can find deer. You're not going to go up in the mountains every time and see a bear. They're just, they're, they're like Bigfoot, you know, <laughs> they're only going to let you see them on occasion. But I always ask what they're feeding on and, you know, at certain times of the year, they could be feeding on like the, uh, the dogwood trees, they always have these little berries, manzanita berries, choke cherries. I mean, there's uh, one of the ponds that I like to watch. The bears are always in there going after bullfrogs. So, I mean, those are, I mean, there's bears aren't as hard to hunt as a lot of people think they are. They're pretty simple. Find cover, find food and find water, which, I mean, I guess you could say that about any animal really. Right. But bears, it's, it's, it's especially food driven. So they're going to migrate with your deer during the spring. They're going to, they they know what's up. They know where to go and where the deer are dropping fawns and, you know, the ungulates. And, and, uh, that's why I wish we had a spring season here in California. I think that, I think that if we had a spring season here, it would be, it would be one of the best like states to, to hunt. I've heard that from several people. Do you know who Perry Cremens is? I don't know. He's a Northern California, like up by Redding. He's an outfitter up there, been in the hunting industry for a very long time. He He's a black bear hunter. He's a bear hunter. And uh, you guys should connect. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, have to, I'll have to look him up. I know that I think it was last year when I was hunting in Montana, spring bear, we were, you know, leaving camp and we're, we're always – when we're hunting, we're always seem like we're listening to podcasts and we we're actually listening to Remy Warren and he was talking about bear hunting and, and he had mentioned, uh, California and it would be, he thought it would be better that even better than Alaska. Um, if we had a spring season, I mean, the population here is, is crazy high. I mean, they estimated it 30, 40,000. I think it's higher than that. And, and the biologists I speak crazy. to, they think it's, they think it's 50,000. So, you know, not to go down the rabbit hole, but it's kind of ridiculous that people want to take bear hunting away when yeah. it's when, affecting so many other things. You know, we got to have a balance. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. We've, we've, uh, 
<laughs> oh, I've yeah, actually been I I've been I've been hammering away at that for the last like two months now. But yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. It's that's pretty ridiculous. But um, yeah, it's 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 crazy to me that there's that many bears there. It's just a lot. That's a lot of bears. We have thirty five to forty five hundred here in in Arizona, and even that seems like quite a bit, you know. But freaking thirty. 30, 40,000. That's just nuts. And I so believe it, man, ever, because I've. Do, those, do you guys ever have bears come down into town? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. See, yeah. that's that's something here that's just, it's starting to get worse and worse. I mean, you got videos on the internet of, of bears going in the gas station up in Tahoe and grabbing a freaking hot dog off the counter. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's wild. And they, and those bears are just, they're not afraid of people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I was talking to one of my coworkers and I'm like, Animals need to have a healthy fear of a fear of humans. Right. And that's not like in a negative way. It's to protect them. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, I think that's part of the reason bears are a little bit more gutsy now than they, than they maybe were before 2012. They used to get chased by dogs. Right. Now they don't. So <clears throat> you're starting to see a lot more cats and. Well, uh, you know, since they, they banned cat hunting there, I mean, it's just to your point. How how many more human and cat interactions have happened? Like California has so, like number one for cat attacks on human beings. Like, I mean, that should tell yeah. you, that should tell you something. <laughs> well, when they're not hunted, they're just too curious. Yeah, and so, I mean, whether you hunt them that way or not, you're still going to have encounters, but. They get, they need to be scared of us, just like we need to be scared of grizzly bears. You know, <laughs> I know <laughs> it's just I don't know. Like yeah. you said, a whole other podcast. It's, yep, that's where a hole you could dive down for for sure. Three hundred sixty five days a year for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to wrangle us back here. All right. So, what is your starting point as far as boots on the ground is concerned when it comes to bear hunting? So, so after I've I've picked an area and maybe talked to my biologist. I mean, the easiest way is just to go up into that area. And, and like you say, you just put your boots on the ground. I start walking logging roads. And if you've ever been to California, like you have, there's a ton of them. Mm-hmm. And there's, when I've hunted Montana, it's kind of the same way. Although hunting Montana is a little bit different than hunting here. I'm always looking. I just start looking for tracks, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, during the late spring early summer those logging roads can become uh pretty dusty so a bear track is really easy to pick up and then from that point i'll just follow i just want to see where they go and most of the time it's a dead end they just kind of disappear right you know it's kind of like feel the dreams they walk off into the corn and you don't know where they went but sometimes it will lead you had them take them right to their bedding areas most of the time i'm looking for what i call a stomp trail Mm-hmm. And that is a trail that is is used on a pretty consistent basis to where their pad tracks are worn into the dirt. So it'll look like it almost looks like somebody's walked in the mud and left a boot track or and then it's dried, but it's still left that indent in the dirt. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just so traveled. And so I will run a camera on it and I've never put a camera on one that didn't produce bears it's interesting to watch how they're walking down those trails and it'll, you will see, I have some of the stuff on my Instagram. You'll see why the trail is as worn as it is. It's almost because they're, 
they're like stomping when they're walking. Hmm. And I think they're also urinating as they're doing that. They're laying, they're laying their scent down and marking their area. And most, most of those trails that I find are next to a food source. So that's kind of my number one thing that I always look for when I'm out, even over, over bear scat, I'd rather find a trail. Okay. So that's kind of where I'll start. And then once I find sign, I'll just start making circles and the circle will just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, you know, you kind of figure out why they're there. You'll either find a spring or you find the, <clears throat> the manzanilla berries they're on or the acorns. That's kind of my process. And I don't know. I mean, it's worked for me. So it's something that I'm going to, that I'm going to continue to do. And, I've already kind of, I kind of started a little earlier than normal this year. I went up, uh, not last week and the weekend before, uh, just to kind of poke around and see, see what was moving. We got quite a bit of snow, so I didn't see any bear sign, but I did see a lot of cats, <laughs> a lot of mm-hmm. cats in the snow. So, you know, as it gets warmer, they're out, they're out now. They're just, they're probably snoozing. Okay. Gotcha. The, um, once you've like kind of located an area that looks like it's got a, you know, it's holding a lot of barriers, seeing trails and what they're eating on and stuff like that. How, what's your plan of attack for, so to speak, to, to try to get your tag filled? So my plan, it seems like the last two years, you know, from the data and the information that I've gathered from, you know, my cameras and, and just being up there, uh, I've run into several bears just by going up in areas that I know where they're at. And so I'll take notes and I'll take notes of the wind and the direction it's going at, you know, whether it's in the morning when I'm up there or in the afternoon, that way I can, I can kind of plan my day because if a bear wins you, you're not going to see them. Mm-hmm. They're not going to come in. Uh, <clears throat> and I mean, that's just coming from my experiences. So my cameras are going to tell me a lot as far as what time of day, you know, bear hunting is not an early, early morning hunt. Mm-hmm. I think bears are more active late morning all the way through pretty much evening. I mean, they're going to get up, they're going to go cool off. They're going to get that drink. Um, they're not, you know, as we're, you know, deer hunting is best between first light and then most people will kind of take a break during the day and then hunt the evening. Bears, I would say from 10 a.m. on, it's, you have a very good chance of seeing a bear. Okay. So I'm always playing the wind, always. Um, this year on my, my archery hunt, I mean, that's the only reason I got the bear that I was after was because I kind of had an idea of when they were going to come through, you know, what time of day they like to move around at least. And I knew which way the wind was going to be blowing. And I just kind of positioned myself on the ground and I made it happen. It wasn't where I wanted to hunt, but because I was dealing with another fire, Mm. (laughs) but it all worked out. So are you primarily ambush hunting them then so to speak um, so like stand i would say i would say here in california i would say yes okay um when i've gone to montana it's spot and stock i mean uh 
the terrain there is so brutal, at least where I was at. You're not hiking around a whole lot. You're, you're behind your glass 90% of the day. And, you know, it's just this whole different game, spring bear versus fall. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, I consider, I consider some of, of the hunting I do here spot and stock, but I would say most of it is find out where they're at. And I guess you could say, call it ambush. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, so you're, typ- you're typically just, you know, finding out travel corridors or whatever, and you're, you're setting up shop waiting for them to come to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you know, I mean, one of my cameras last year and the year before I had 32 bears, really 32 different bears wow in a 30 day span and six regular bears crazy so i knew that if i could put myself somewhere in that area <clears throat> that i was gonna at least get an opportunity you know that just because you're getting an opportunity doesn't mean you're gonna fill a tag right so and that's i mean that's that's what's going to keep you hunting is the opportunities you're not going to always I mean, I've missed my fair share of animals, but that's what keeps me going back. If you're, if you're just, if you're just filling tags, you know, all the time, mm-hmm. the, the challenge is kind of gone, you know? Yeah. I'm nowhere near as good a hunter as you are, but. That's uh, a, you have no clue. <laughs> I'm not a good hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody's, everybody's good at something somebody's always better than you you know i mean i'm not i'm not the best i never claim to be the best i'm still learning i mean i'm i mean if you think about it i've i've really only been like full-blown going after bears since 2016 2017 so right every year i'm learning something new mm-hmm. you know something new on what to do or try and something not to do yeah so you know, I think the once, best once you get it all figured anybody, out, once you get it all figured out, you you probably won't want to do it anymore. <laughs> but that, yeah, that's I the mean, great thing about about hunting, man, is that there's always something to figure out. There's always something to learn. Um, well, there's nothing more consistent than change. Yeah, yeah. A food source that was there, or even a spring that was there the year before, mm-hmm. it might not be there the next year. Yep. So, and that's kind of like this year. I'm going to focus a lot on new areas. Um, I hunt a lot of Sierra Pacific property here in California, and it seems like they're going to just close their property every year um, until, until we get weather. And so last year I kind of started a little bit late on trying to get out on the national forest stuff, which I do hunt. I just, it seemed like, I was mostly on, I mean, there's so much Sierra Pacific property. It's hard to not be on it, mm-hmm. but this year I want to focus a lot more on national force and, and hopefully, hopefully we just don't have as many devastating fires as, as we have been in the last, you know, five years. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's depressing. <laughs> it is. It's pretty sad. It's pretty sad, especially since I had, my theories about it which i will definitely not go down that rabbit hole right now (laughs) well a couple of the fires that they were having around here last year Mm -hmm. once you know however the first fire started you know say it was a lightning strike or whatever we had people going up and starting fires like on the other side you know arsonists they want to make it worse right and it's just 
I got my ideas of what they should do to people like that, and I'll keep those to myself. But I mean, yeah, lock them up and throw the key away. Yep, for sure, absolutely. That's forest fires are, you know, that's crazy detrimental to everything. Yeah. Well, and some, and you know, there's nothing wrong, and it's just part of nature. Fires, but it's we don't want the big fires. We want the small ones. Right. Yeah. You know, create small some habitat. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, the big ones are the ones that are what devastate. You know, or can devastate the wildlife. And I would say the one we had last year, it it scorched an area that I've spent a lot of time in my lifetime. It will never look the same up there, even probably for my kids' kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. For sure. So have you done any, uh, have you tried doing any calling or anything like that? So I did, uh, my nephew and I went up this last year, um, and it was kind of late in the year. Um, and we tried, we tried doing a, a cottontail call. And I'm not going to lie. I just don't have the lungs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we can't use e-callers here Which is to crazy. call in big game. We can use them for uh, coyotes, but right. not bears. So it's something that I know a gentleman here in town. <clears throat> I know that he's really good at it. And I've talked to him and <clears throat> I kind of want to get together with him and, and pick his brain and just and basically just have him listen to me calling and tell me how bad I am and how I can be better. <laughs> I don't but, think it's necessarily the sound. I mean, it is to an extent the sound, but um, I've done quite a bit of it here. And the last couple of bears that I've, that I was able to be a part of, we, uh, we called them in and I kind of, I actually, I kind of learned my technique, I guess, so to speak, from Wayne Carlton. And um, he's his basically his philosophy was on it. Cover a bunch of ground, keep covering ground, and second you find like really fresh sign, steamy scat or whatever, set up shop and start calling and keep on calling, keep on calling until they come. And that's the hard part. And and that's what I noticed. Like bear it's not like other predators they lose, they lose interest. interest. Yeah. So you got to like continually call. Um, That's why my lungs aren't good. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's too hard. Of, yeah. I, I, I don't think I would try it if it was, if I had to use a mouth call or allowed to use an e-caller, thank God. But um, it's something that I want to try though. So that's, that's one thing that as I get deeper into, you know, just hunting bears, I want to, I want to personally experience every way to hunt them so ambush spot and stock yeah. uh predator call this year i'm gonna do i'm gonna hunt over bait uh out of state cool um and then hopefully 23 24 i want to go on a hound hunt and that way i just feel like that i can i can relate to it right and i've experienced it and i just i mean it'll it'll educate me more on just everything about them <laughs> No, it's and it, honestly, it's it it's cool to do it all. I've uh, I, I've been fortunate enough to kind of go on just about every style of bear hunting 
you can imagine. What would you say? What would you say your favorite is? I I, I think I like Colin the best. Um, yeah. And I think well, it's because hunting. it's they're my, hunting you. Yeah, I think it's kind of my strong suit. One of my strong suits, anyway. Like you know, for I like the predator call to begin with, and it's kind of like one of those situations where you can call in. You could be calling in coyotes or lions or whatever while you're calling them. So like, there's there's a lot of shit. That yeah, down. exactly. There's, there's like <laughs> something like there's you have a better chance of seeing something or, you know, whatever the case may be. I think that's, that's my favorite. Um, I would say next is probably spot and stalk. Um, yeah, it seems to be. And, and it's because I don't, I don't really go out of state to go bear hunting anymore. I haven't been. How hard is it to get a tag in Arizona? It's not terrible. Um, and actually we have over to counter bear to, to hunting too. Uh, in the fall so really technically i could go bear hunting and if i want a spring tag i have to draw it but if i wanted a fall tag i just go buy it you know yeah. so i would you say would you say that it's harder to get a spring tag just because maybe it's easier to fill the tag versus fall and i don't i don't necessarily think that it's really any easier in a spring to be honest with you here I mean, it definitely easier if you're going to go with dogs, um, you know, because the uh, the houndsmen really know what they're doing, and it, and having dogs to run run them are definitely way your 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 opportunity goes up way 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 high. But I don't know. I've had I've had spring tags before. And I don't really feel like it's any like here specifically. I don't think it's any better here than than the fall tag. To be honest with you. If anything, if that, anything, they, they might be a little bit hungrier, like, and that might tip. The well, I think, in like, in my experience, my experience with like when I've gone to Montana, <clears throat> not that it's like just super easy to find them. I mean, that's still extremely hard, but I think it's easier as far as you know, kind of where they're going to be. They're going to be in that really green, that green up area. They're going to be right by the snow line, most likely. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so, as in where the fall, they could be anywhere. That is true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that you know, when you you have a little bit more specific food sources in the spring. One thing I learned last last year when I was in Montana is that I didn't know I didn't know that the a sow that's having cubs that they hibernate higher on the mountain than a boar does. I didn't know that. They do that because they, they do that because they, uh, they have to basically hibernate longer because of their cubs. Mm -hmm. But then a boar, they'll come out of hibernation and they'll go up into the snow looking for a sow that has cubs because they want to kill those cubs. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was just bizarre. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I know they do that because they want to breed, but that just right. seems but just, it yeah, just seems nutty. so brutal. <laughs> it is brutal. Yeah, bear. That's the one thing about bear that's it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. The, yeah, they're just. I mean, they're killing each other. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's just it's it's not an easy life to be an animal. Hopefully not. Well, awesome, man. Um, that's all I got for you as far as questions are concerned. Uh, do you have anything you want to add or? Huh? I mean, if there's anybody that's, you know, kind of like me and they wanted to get into bear hunting and I mean, it's, it's, 
get on a logging road and walk it. And you're going to, I mean, especially here in California, especially up here in Northern California, you're going to find bear sign. And so I know there's a lot of people and myself included when I first started is I was, I was intimidated. I was kind of discouraged because I didn't know where to start, but once it all starts to kind of click and you have your first encounter and, and then you find out, you know, where they're at, you can learn so much from walking those logging roads. I did, I do the same thing when I go to Montana because I, I can't really scout there because I'm, I mean, I'm not going to make weekend trips. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I'm going to call a biologist out there and I'm going to ask him, Hey, you know, can you, can you tell me, you know, a good mountain range, you know, I mean, you can ask those guys anything and whether they tell you or not, you know, that's one thing, but they're super helpful. They're going to, they want, most biologists want you to be successful. So pick their brain. And then when I get out to Montana, I do the same thing. Walk the logging roads. Usually the logging roads out there are the first thing to green up. So I've personally never seen one on a logging road, but I mean, get on, you know, get on YouTube, watch. I mean, there's so much you can learn off the internet. There's so many YouTube videos out there. There's just so many guys out there. You know, you got Randy Newberg, you got, you know, Brian Call, you got John Stallone, you got, you know, Stealthy Hunter, you know, Ryan Lampers. I mean, you just watch, you watch these guys' videos. In fact, I just watched your video with uh, Charles that you guys did the elk hunt. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. And I've never personally hunted elk. I mean, it's something that's on my list for sure. I want to hunt elk with my dad. And cause that's kind of always been his dream and it's been a dream of mine too, but yeah, it's kind of like experience, man. That's fun. I just want to, I want him to be able to put his hands on a, on a, and it doesn't even have to be a huge bull, you know, just to, I mean, they're, they're big no matter what. So that's something I'm going to try to try to do. I've been saving points in Utah for quite a few years and Utah's we'll see what happens. So, I mean, just for new hunters, just get outside, get on the mountain, start with the bear tracks, you start following that stuff and, and call biologists. I mean, I think biologists have helped me more than, more than anything. Yeah. But pick the brain, here's pick the my, brain of somebody here's my caveat to that is don't annoy them with stupid questions. Be very specific and, and think like, what can I get out of a biologist that, you know, I'm not going to get from. Yeah. I mean, don't call them up and be like, where can I go kill a bear? Yeah. You know, you, you want to call that. them up and act. You want to call them up and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about hunting, you know, zone or unit um d3 in california and what is some what are some of the signs i should look for and what will they be eating on in say september you know and those guys they're gonna they're gonna point you in the right direction they're not gonna tie one up to a tree for you but they're gonna help you and then it's just it's just experience that's huge well awesome man thanks for coming on and uh sharing your knowledge with us and uh yeah thanks for having me good luck to you this year hopefully uh you, uh, luck's, a, luck's a big part of it. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, buddy. Take it easy. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Really appreciate you. Keep those reviews and those comments coming. 
helps us keep this free. Do me a favor, go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags. Use promo code John Stallone to save 20%, all one word. And check out Howl for Wildlife. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you on the next show.